Welcome to this event organized by the German Society in cooperation with the European Institute. We are very proud to welcome Dr. Schäuble, Finance Minister of Germany, and Mr. Featherstone, Head of the European Institute. We are very glad that this day finally arrived so we can sleep again <laughs> because previous nights were either sleepless or dreams of Mr. Ca Mr. Schäuble cancelling last minute. <laughs> so please join me in welcoming Dr. Schäuble. My name's Kevin Featherstone. I'm the head of the European Institute here at the school. Uh, can I thank the German Society and Pamina for uh, the introduction? We're delighted to be welcoming our speaker uh, this evening. The size of the audience indicates the interest in his uh, talk. I think we could have filled the lecture theater at least twice uh, for this. Uh, it's very opportune that uh, we're collaborating with the German Society this year, 2016, is the 25th anniversary of the European Institute here at the school, so we're delighted to be welcoming our speaker. We've agreed a format in which Dr. Schäuble will be speaking perhaps for 15 minutes or so, and then I'll ask a few questions, and then we're going to open up to the audience, so uh, we should have uh, sufficient uh, time. For those of you following on Twitter, you can see on the screen the hashtag where you uh, can make uh, comments. Uh, but without further ado, uh, I'll pass to uh, Dr. Schäuble. It does work? Yes. Thank you very much, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Managing Europe, what's Germans, Germany's responsibility? I would like to start out by saying that Germany's responsibility in Europe is not completely different from the responsibility of that other European countries have, namely to foster the positive and successful development of both Europe and the world. To understand this responsibility, it's no longer absolutely necessary to draw a connection to the crimes that were, that were committed by the Nazi regime. On the other hand, of course, important lessons were drawn from the years leading up to 1945. Germany's commitment to the West and our commitment to the path of European integration is one of these essential lessons. In any case, it's a conclusion that many European countries have drawn from history. But since the fall of the Iron Curtain in 1989, other developments have taken place that have key implications for Germany's international role and responsibility today. Through reunification, Germany's significance in the world has grown, and this means that our responsibility has grown too. And now, with the crisis in, near, in and near Europe in recent years, Germany has found itself playing a new management role as well. Expectations are now directed toward Germany, expectations that surprised us at first and that we were not happy, too happy to about. After all, since 1945, we didn't really want to be bothered by questions of power or responsibility. On the one hand, if you were to ask me whether Germany plays the role of leader in Europe, and this is something we are either urgently implored to do, I'm thinking here of the 
British historian Brandon Sims, for example, or arbitrarily deplored for doing, I would always relativize by this by saying that the European Union is made, made up by 28 countries with equal rights. It isn't just an empty phrase, it's a reality. And with all due respect for Henry Kissinger, I don't think his statement that Germany is too big for Europe and too small for the world, I don't think that this, this sentence is telling us today the right story. After all, all of us, each nation state on its own, is too small for this world. Discussions about structural parallels between today's conditions and, con and conditions during the Bismarck era or during the German Empire or the use of concepts such as dominance or hegemony or even semi-hegemony, these are not plausible categories for decision makers in Europe today. And by the way, they don't fit with the German government's actual experience. Hegemony or leadership by a single country that doesn't work in Europe. That's another lesson that history has taught us over and over again. On the other hand, we Germans do have a management role to play in Europe, whether we want, we want to or not. And we have a shared responsibility. This is true if for no other reason, simply because of our location in the center of Europe and because of our economic strengths. Nevertheless, quite a few Germans do express a desire not to get too involved in things out there in the world. And this desire is still certainly connected to our involvement in two world wars and the barbarity of the Nazi regime, and maybe also to the decades of living in a divided Germany when we Germans got used to an artificially sheltered existence in two separate, partially sovereign states, partially sovereign states, that we are situated without two compete, within two competing global systems. Recently, a survey showed that nearly 60% of Germans would be opposed to providing military support for NATO allies, even if they were attacked by Russia. This means that no other NATO country has a lower level of willingness to fulfill its obligation under the alliance. This is alarming and shameful, especially if you recall that in the decades before the Berlin Wall came down, West Germans owed their security to the solidarity of their allies. That's why this intensifying debate we, have, we are having in Germany about our responsibility or role in the world is so important. It's in Europe's interest, and therefore also in Germany's interest, for Germany to take on more responsibility. Today's world is constantly changing. We are facing multiple crises, and the multipolar system is emerging again. These new developments automatically give Germany a role in helping to build and shape better systems and rules, and German history is no longer the central factor in determining this role. Our history may still be used sometimes in domestic politics for purposes of making a political argument for or against some kind of foreign policy commitment. 
And when our history is mentioned today by other countries, it usually serves a polemic function. Unfortunately, we saw some of this during the European debt crisis, and now we are seeing it again in the current refugee crisis, but in a different way. A lot of outside commentators, and some in Germany too, are saying that Germany's response to the refugee crisis is driven by its desire to free itself of its history. The late Lord Weidenfeld recently made this argument in an interview he gave shortly before his death. I think that's taking things a bit too far. What I do definitely see is a moral imperative not to make refugees pay the price for Europe's inability to take effective action. We simply have the duty to help, not because of our history, but because of the hardships that these people are experiencing, which we can mitigate. This is not moral imperialism. It's not an attempt to establish moral hegemony. And it's not some tyrannical display of German virtue or any of the other negative things that have been said. Simply stated, we did our part to help save Europe's honor. The images from Budapest and Calais were not something that Europeans could be especially proud of. But on the other hand, I do admit we Germans seem to have this need now and then to realize that we too can be good people, like when we welcome the world. Yes, we can. <laughs> it was a surprise for the Germans themselves. For example, when we welcome the world as our guest at the 2006 World Cup. Or yes, last September, when we gave a warm welcome to refugees at Munich's main train station. And this may be connected in some way to the fact that as a people, we don't really like ourselves too much, and understandably so. I would now like to take a closer look at the question, what exactly is Germany's shared responsibility when it comes to the urgent issues facing us today? On the issue of refugees, we in Germany and Europe will have to commit a lot more resources to improving conditions in the regions that are producing refugees and in the countries that border these war-torn regions. That means we will have to engage more efficiently in stabilizing at least our neighborship. Otherwise, we will suffer, we will suffer massive negative impacts, uh, whether we like it or not. And we will have to put much more effort and resources into helping to find a solution to the conflict in Syria. The aim here is to find ways to make it unnecessary for people to leave their home countries and regions in the first place. I would like to urge that we use the refugee crisis as an opportunity to make progress towards a common European foreign and security policy. That would give an important and meaningful impetus for the process of European integration. Our need for a joint overall strategy is all the most urgent because we Europeans can no longer assume that the United States will perform these tasks for us alone. To do, so, to do this, it's essential for Europe to be able to benefit from the United Kingdom's global experience in diplomacy and security policy. 
we also share responsibility for overcoming the crisis in Ukraine, which is no longer at the center of media attention, but which continues to smolder. I think President Putin understands something that not all Europeans themselves really understand. We Europeans are not very confident about our own soft power. That is the attraction of our social model that combines democracy, the rule of law, and social market economies. But Putin is very aware of this, and he fears. He fears it in response with hard power. This is what the current government sees as the real threat to Russia. It's not the expansion of the European Union and the NATO into the territory of the former Warsaw Pact and Soviet Union, which, mind you, has taken place as the explicit and autonomous wish of the countries of Central Europe and the Baltic region. Rather, it is the fact that this European soft power is moving closer, coming face to face with the Russian system. This has turned into a competition between systems, which the EU did not seek out and which we did not start. But Putin appears to be afraid to let this competition play out openly. That's why he is trying to weaken Europe by dividing us and tempting us to think only in narrow national terms. And we must not play into his hands. Europe's social model is more human and more attractive. We owe it to ourselves to protect this model against destructive strategies. And what's Germany's responsibility when it comes to the Eurozone and the European Union? Today this means sticking to the rules if we expect other countries to do the same. It, mean remaining, it means remaining Europe's anchor of stability and engine of growth. And it means showing that balanced budgets, growth and investment are not mutually exclusive, but rather go hand in hand. Europe must have a strong economy if it wants to be effective in tackling the urgent task of our time and if it wants to retain global relevance in the future. In recent years, we have made good progress in improving the stability of the Eurozone. That's why it's absolutely essential that we stick to what we have agreed, precisely because the, Eurozone, the Eurozone's economy is starting to recover thanks to the reforms that have been implemented and the improved fiscal discipline that is now in place. None of this means that we want a German Europe. That's simply nonsense. We want a Europe that is strong and competitive. We want a Europe that can actively shape global policy in the future. And let me add, we want the United Kingdom to be with us as we move forward. Thank you very much. <laughs>
let me assure you, my, my English is pretty good. Uh, but when talking about responsibility, of course, uh, it has in recent times been seen as divisive in economic policy. I think of the uh, Eurozone debt crisis and the recent G20. Uh, your position of opposing uh, fiscal stimulus uh, has clearly been uh, something which, uh, in institutions like this, many Keynesian economics economists would oppose, uh, many would see as being self-defeating. We think of the, the Greek uh, case and the austerity measures and uh, Greece suffering something like a 25% plus reduction in, in its GDP. So you're known, of course, for your commitment to this particular stance, balanced budgets and against uh, fiscal stimulus. I wonder, as someone tra trained in economics as well, what would be the evidence which would make you feel that you're pursuing the wrong path? I will be uh, very frank. I will tell you, if you look at uh, uh, European uh, the, the, the economies in, 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 in the Eurozone, you can't find a, rela a relation between higher debt is uh, linked with higher growth. You can even see the opposite. Maybe that is not the explanation for this, but it's, 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 a, it's a matter of fact. By the way, in the, G, in the G20, in the IMF uh, meetings, and I enjoyed to attend, I think, uh, in, the, in the last couple of six years, a lot of these evenings, in any community, we have uh, agreed last community has been uh, decided last Saturday in Shanghai that for sustainable growth the decisive issue is competitiveness structural reforms investment sustainable financing and we have agreed that the room for monetary policy the monetary space is very limited it's very narrowed in the last couple of years and even the room for fiscal space is uh, is more limited than it used to be because we have, uh, if you look uh, at the indebtedness of the global economy, we have uh, a level of indebtedness, uh, private indebtedness, public indebtedness, company uh, debt, uh, which is compared to the, uh, to the uh, 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 national gross product, the global uh, uh, gross product, higher than at the end of the Second World War. Therefore, uh, the room for additional indebtedness is very limited. And in this room, we have, of course, this is one reason. And it's, it's, a, growing, it's a growing mood, even in economics, that the old way to, stimula uh, to stimulate growth will not work. And most economists have always uh, undertaken the, the first half of, of the Keynes, Keynes lecturing. Uh, additional spending in times of crisis. They have forgotten that you have to reduce your spending in times uh, when you have surpluses. But so one, only 50% of Keynes doesn't work. That is the problem. And what you, what you, what you, what you may, in my view, what you underestimate is that uh, economy is a, what we call a social science. 
it uh, is combined with human being, and therefore it's not really rational. It's not, a math, it's not mathematics. It's psychology. Therefore, I'm much more in favor of uh, the economy of behavior. And uh, therefore, the maybe not in the... I, I discussed often with Tim Geithner uh, the dimension of moral hazard or not. Mm. And he said he doesn't... I, he would not uh, take moral hazard as important as I do. And I said, maybe you are right for the United States. But so for the given construction of the monetary union, the moral hazard dimension is very huge. And in substance, so some member states of the Eurozone suffered seriously by enjoying for some years low interest rates they had never experienced before. And they forget to do what they urgently had to do. And that is, that is one of the, the, the key problems in, in, in European economies. We have, it's not a matter of additional fiscal stimulus and fiscal space or more common, uh, 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 more, more uh, 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 common responsibility. It's a matter not to give too much wrong incentives because political bodies whether it's government or, or, in, uh, or, or uh, parliament, in democracies at least, they tend, in a, in a, in a, if there's a, 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 an, an, an op, uh, um, concurrence or a, 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 a conflict between short-term and medium-term uh, issues, they always prevent the short-term issues. And that makes a lot of European economies too weak to remain relevant in the global economy if we don't increases, and that okay. is the problem. Okay. I uh, take note of your comments about uh, moral hazard in the European uh, Union. Of course, uh, much of the media in 2015 were uh, reporting that uh, your interpretation of moral hazard uh, was to uh, advise that we should have had a Grexit, uh, that uh, Greece would be better out of the Euro Eurozone than, than inside. I see this week the German press is reporting that you may be about to be softer with Greece on pension reform. Uh, are, you, are you going soft? <laughs> uh, look, we have taken a decision in summer times. Just the whole story is very short. Uh, when, when Tsipras, as leader of the opposition in Greece, came to see me as German finance minister years ago, he told me he would campaign in, in Greece with promising Greece will stay in the euro, but we will not accept the program, a reform program, and no conditionality. My reaction has been, I, I wish you the best, that you will not win elections, because you will not, you will not, you cannot stick to this promise. Mm. He promised, he won, and six months later, he did the opposite. And, and Greece had to pay a terrible price for this. It was very expensive for Greece to be very, to be very ever. And then we have taken a decision in, in, in July, August last year. And since we have taken a decision, we have taken a decision. A deal is a deal, as I was saying to the, to the British people in, in uh, discussing whether there would be another deal after Brexit. No, 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 a deal is a deal. And we have taken a deal in summer, in July and uh, August, and so everybody has to stick what has been agreed. 
And of course, uh, we have to, to path away. Greece is in a terrible, difficult situation. Greece is actually suffering a terrible uh, lack of solidarity by a lot of European member states. The only European state who is defending Greece in these very days is, it's quite interesting, Germany. Yeah, in, in, in the migration issue, a lot yes, of, yeah, look, look, at, look at, at, at the car. Yeah. Be, be, be realistic. And therefore, we, we have to find European solutions. But of course, Greece, as other member states, as Germany, by the way, in Germany, if we have not a migration, uh, a crisis on, my, uh, on migration uh, issues, we have a discussion that this Chancellor Merkel-led coalition has not been enough tough to, to uh, work for uh, future competitiveness of German economy. That is the general feeling in Germany. We have to do much to comply. But by the way, we have, in the, in the last year, we had enjoyed the highest increase of real wages in Germany since decades, since decades. Therefore, uh, we, are, we are not as, as stupid as you are thinking. If you, are, <laughs> if you only read Greek newspapers, you get an, a wrong impression on Germany, I bet. Can't tell. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I think the audience have been very patient, and so we should now open it up to uh, questions. With uh, Dr. Schäuble's uh, permission, I'm going to take a, uh, questions in a group of three uh, so we can uh, have as many uh, as uh, quickly as possible. Can you please ask questions? Just simply say who you are and the question. I'm, I know that you would like to make a speech. This is not the occasion to make a speech. I'm just going to ask for the questions and, and the microphones and of the lady don't here. don't speak please. too fast because I will not get it the question. Mr. Schauble, thank you very much. My name is Tatiana Breifeld. I am a student of human rights here at LSE. And I'm currently researching on the topic of the solidarity in Germany and the German leadership in the crisis. Um, how do you think that we can restore solidarity in the EU? Because as we see right now, it's completely broken. What, what would be your advice to restore solidarity? In economic or in the refugee crisis? In regards to the refugee crisis. In regards to the refugee crisis. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Uh, next question. Can we take the... I'm sorry, right at the very top here, please. Ines von Weitershausen, um, I researched the Libya crisis and for that uh, matter I'd like to come back to your point on the need to stabilize um, European common foreign and security policy. Could you elaborate on what that actually means with regards to the neighborhood? Are we going to see engagement in Syria or in Libya? Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you. Um, the finance minister receiving many foreign policy questions. Uh, <laughs> Could we take the gentleman uh, here, please? Yeah, um, Bernard Casey, honorary German, ex-West Berliner of the good old times. Um, you kept on talking about sticking to the rules, and I wanted to remind one of the events of 2002-2003 and the Maastricht criteria. And I wondered whether you had any views about under what circumstances the rules should be changed at the bequest of whom and to the advantage of whom. Okay. 
I'm sure you appreciate the, the subtlety of the last uh, question. <laughs> would you like to start with the th question of solidarity? I would, I, would, I, no, I would, would start with the last question, and then I come to the, I think, uh, more, more sensitive issues. <laughs> the rules, so, no, 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 be careful. The rules have to be in Europe the same for the smaller member states and the bigger member states. And it was a major mistake that in 2002, 2003, the rules have been uh, offended by Germany and France. That, was, that is the, the beginning of the story. And if the, the two biggest member states of the Eurozone don't stick to the rules, you must not be surprised, and therefore you are totally right, I agree. Therefore, but if you, now you know the rules of the Pact on Stability and Growth in Europe are, have to be implemented by the judgment of the Commission, not by the judgment of member states. I doubt, and some of, a lot of my colleagues doubt, whether implementation of rules by the Commission in the last couple of years has been the same to, to bigger member states and to smaller member states. The treatment of France and uh, Portugal, to, be, to take an example, have, been not, have not been seen by everyone as the same. Therefore, we have to stick. Europe will only work if the rules are the same for smaller and bigger. That is a European value. So Germany, so, should, so Germany should have been disciplined. I was a member of opposition in that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and if, if everyone has to draw lessons, I will not. I will never. I would never say that uh, German government, myself, was always sticking to the rules. No, any human being should be careful in saying, "Oh, I am the only one who is always sticking to the rules." But you can't. You can, uh, you can try to learn lessons. How we can get uh, more solidarity, European solidarity, for the, in the refugee issue? I think we, will, we, we are doing, we are moving. It's, it's difficult. Europe is always moving very slowly. That's sometimes really boring. But Europe moves a bit. You will see on Monday, the next meeting of the heads of states and government of, of the European Union, we will have some movement. Even the European Commission, it has taken too much time, but they have presented today or, the day or yesterday a an, an, an program to, 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 to uh, support Greece in its very dramatic situation. I have, I have had a discussion with my Greek colleague, Euclid Sakalotos, maybe five weeks ago, and I have told him, look, Euclid, if Germany would take a decision which is asked by a lot of our fellow citizens in Germany and is asked by a lot of our neighbors, two days later, Greece would be a failed state, and we will not do it, in the, in the way, not only of Greece, but in the interest of Europe, because Europe has to defend its, its, itself its values. Having, that's my first answer. Second answer is, of course, even with all the values, and all this idealism, there are, that is the nature of human beings and human society, 
you can't save seven billion human beings in Europe. We have seven billion human beings on the world. We can't take all suffering people. But it does not mean that you must not save those who can. In this, in this, you have to find the right balance. Therefore, the major issue to get more solidarity is, in my understanding, we must engage ourselves much more in our neighborship. We have to spend much more money for uh, uh, the neighborship, for the, for the countries of origin and of neighborship of the refugees. By the way, two weeks, three weeks ago, there was a donator conference in London uh, presided by De Prime Minister Cameron, the Norway uh, Prime Minister, and, and Chancellor Merkel. And I think if I got it right, for, for example, for the refugee camps in Gibraltar and Jordan to, to support the United Nations uh, Refugee uh, Commissioner and the World Food Program, Germany has taken for this year, 2016, 50% of the, of the of the money which has been urgently needed by the United Nations. That has been uh, 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 declared by the United Nations two days ago. And I have said, as finance minister, this stupid guy, as you, as you may imagine, I have said since months and months to Federal Chancellor, whatever you need for financing regions of neighborship and, 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 and to solving the problem, that not too many people are obliged to, to try to come to Europe, whatever it takes, do it, do it. I will always be supportive. But that is the reason why I'm saying we, I, can't, I can't do the same. If I spend the money in the region, I can't spend the same money in Germany. That is, makes no sense because I only can spend one amount once. If I spend twice, I, I, it, it doesn't work. Therefore, that is... And then, of course, I said, the, the, the second question, what means engagement in Syria? It's very difficult to answer. It means that we have... Uh, oh, it's always difficult to, to be in a position to say, oh, if all these guys would have done otherwise. But what we are doing together with our partners to work for AMSIS. Now to work for, we can't, we can't solve the problem alone, but we are doing, and uh, foreign ministers are doing, and uh, heads of state, to, to bring together this, uh, I think the Vienna conference was, was not a bad uh, a, a forum to, to get better solutions, but we have to continue to do. And then we have to be ready to, uh, yes, we have to, to increase cooperation with Turkey, I would, like, I would be very much in favor to in, increase our cooperation with Russia, but it, it, it uh, and because there are some, as you know, major underlying conflicts. One is Shiites, Sunnis, and all this in the, in, in the uh, uh, Muslimic part of the world. But we have also the old rivalry between in, uh, Turkey and Kurds, and the old difficult relation between Turkey and Russia. And therefore, we always see. History is still alive, and uh, so, and therefore, we have to, to work all this together. This means we will also contribute, even from, if we need military measures, 
I think it's not by air attacks you can't solve the problem. In, 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 of course, you can't stop the ISIS without military instruments, by the way. And you must not always say to, to, to your partners, please do it. It's fine to say, Americans, what is with the Americans? Why don't you solve this problem? No, we, we Europeans have to do a little bit more. And of course, Germany will not be in the, be in the lead in, in, in security messages. That is not uh, the position of Germany, but uh, therefore we have to, to do a little bit more economically, politically, and of course, if we ask our partners to become economically or to remain economically relevant, we have to increase our, our readiness even to engage ourselves. We are doing, we have taken after the terrorist attack in France in uh, uh, 13th of 11, uh, Yes, 1311. Uh, we have uh, not only taken solidarity with France in, in Syria, but we have said, okay, then we, we, we substitute France army in Mali, what is after Afghanistan the most dangerous engagement of the German uh, uh, army in, in, in this given time, to, to, to help uh, France in its reading of, its, of the la guerre contre le terrorisme. That's what we can do, only to just uh, a few examples. Okay, thank you. Can I just, uh, I meant to um, pick up on your earlier comment. Um, so you would say to Mayor Boris Johnson that there is only one deal on Brexit. There's, sorry, there's only one deal that David Cameron or the British government could negotiate. If the British votes uh, in favor of Brexit, there is no further deal on offer. No, I, I think uh, that is, uh, by the way, if the UK is running to a referendum, and I think if, since the UK has decided to, to run, to go for a referendum, I think UK should take the decision, and not to say, oh, we don't really want to decide. No, that's not fine. A deal is a deal, and out is out, and uh, I hope you will take the right decision. Okay, good, very good. Uh, another round of questions. Could we take the gentleman at the front here, please? Hi, my, <clears throat> my name is Isaac Arpidis. I'm a Greek correspondent based in London. Just to clarify, uh, do you believe that uh, Grexit is still on the table? Uh, do you still believe that uh, Greece will be better off outside of the Eurozone or not? And about the refugee crisis, do you think that can uh, no, create no, no, just more the, problems? Just the one. No uh, okay, thank great. you. Um, can we take the gentleman uh, here, please? Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Minister. You have consistently argued uh, both for enhanced uh, deepening of uh, European integration at any crisis, right now, just you argue, in, in the current crisis, and as well for variable geometry of a core Europe, Europa. How do you put these things together? How do you think we'll sustain both economic and monetary union and the EU? What type of Geometry, variable geometry, you, you will think you'll deem necessary to sustain EMU. Okay. Could we take the gentleman there, please, in the red tie? Um, if uh, the UK were to vote on June 23rd to leave the EU, do you think uh, Germany, Germans' relationship with Britain, and indeed the EU's relationship with Britain, would be better or worse or exactly the same? I'm sure you expected lots of easy questions. 
we have achieved under difficult, uh, after difficult negotiations a deal with Greece. And we stick to this, to this deal. And therefore, Greece uh, is not on, at, at the table, on the table, but it's up to Greece to, to, to stick to what has been agreed. And uh, I bet we stick to what we have been agreed. And of course, there is a new situation, it's a refugee crisis, and, that is, and therefore Greece needs, beyond the old discussion, additional solidarity and what we, are, what we are granting to them. But this does not mean that Greece should uh, not continue to work what is a difficult way to Greek to achieve, to regain competitiveness. That is a must, but that is what the Cyprus government is doing and what they are saying again and again. And you can see a lot of, you have, since you have said you are a, a, a Greek correspondent, you can do a lot of, contribute a lot of convincing Greek people that's a way of reforming to regain competitiveness is the right way in the best interest of Greece. So, good luck. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it's a question. What I, 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 I'm not sure whether I got your your question right. Except uh, I will ask. I, I got it that. Do I think that deepening uh, integration in, in, in European Union, at least in the Eurozone, is now a realistic uh, situation? Is that the question? And how you do it? I think actually Europe is facing a major crisis, as you can see, in any European member state. And in Greece, you have to be as a as any, any political leader, you have to have visions, to, to, you have to know where you want to go, but you have also to, see, to be realistic, because otherwise you, you only dream, and that is not uh, sufficient for political responsibility. Therefore, the situation in, in Europe is we, have, we, we, fa we are facing a difficult situation. And... Uh, the support and the understanding for European integration is, has been weakened by several, by, by, in different, in all member states, and different reasons. Therefore, it would not be realistic. I don't think so. If you want what is of essence, of urgently needed, to strengthen, to deepen the Europe, the monetary union. I don't, uh, I don't uh, touch on the. Uh, as a British desire to not to be be member of the monetary union, but to have, uh, uh, of course, that is quite okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's the same uh, uh, rules in in the single market, whether you are a member of the euro so or not. That is, but that has been achieved in the in the deal which Cameron uh, and, and had been granted in the deal which uh, the Prime Minister Cameron achieved in the last couple of months and weeks and the last summit in Brussels, but. Deepening the monetary union, which means that the, the weakness of the monetary union is we have a common monetary policy, but we have no common fiscal and, 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 and economic policy. And that is the underlying problem, which we <laughs> hoped to, to manage or to bridge with the Pact on Stability and Growth, and then it was, it was damaged and destroyed in some way by Germany and France. That is it. It's the beginning of the story, 2002, 2002. Therefore, uh, but it requests treaty changes. And uh, 
to think you can get a, a treaty change, if you, you, know, you, you must have a look into Lisbon Treaty to, to know what, what requests a treaty change. It requests an unanimous decision by 28 member states, misratifying in all member states. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, send to the, to, the, to, to the doctor. If you would uh, say it's realistic to get such a treaty change done today, therefore we have to overcome this crisis. I think if we manage, and I am optimistic we'll do, to get more so that more understanding that Europe has to care more on its neighborship because Europe must not only uh, 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 self-reliant. That is, that is not Europe. We have a responsibility. We are part of the rich. We are we are part of the richer part of the uh, uh, world. And in a globalized world, the richer part has to care on the on the poorer part. Otherwise, the work will the world the globalized world will not remain stable. The, the global conflicts will increase, and we have enough global conflicts. Therefore, uh, we have to, as if we manage to do this, it will take more time as we hoped that it will, but it will. Maybe we can restore confidence in, 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 in Europe, and then maybe we have a better chance to get a deepening of European integration in the years to come for the situation today. I think we have to solve the given, the, the, the given problems, even very pragmatic. I have said, okay, then let's build a coalition of the willing. If not any 28 member states are ready to pay, let's say for Turkey, let's say for Lebanon, Germany, then let's, whoever is ready to do, we should do, and we should not say we are only ready to pay if all others pay themselves. Let's, let's do very pragmatic in this way. That was my proposal I made uh, in, in several things because we have to, to, to show others and ourselves that Europe is able to manage such a huge challenge. Otherwise we will lose a lot of things. That is what I would say. And then um, uh, the third question has been Britain and Germany. Brit after British, German, German, British relation whatever will be the, the outcome of the referendum. Oh dear, look, as a, I'd, 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 I always try not to speculate publicly as long as I'm member of a government on, the, on, on speculation and, and I, say, I, I don't want that this will happen. Of course I think about what would happen if not but I, I, I am concentrated to do whatever I can to avoid a wrong decision. First of all, of course, the, the relations between uh, UK and Germany will, I hope so, and we will do whatever we can, as friendly as possible. But the situation will be different, because uh, when I said, uh, I, would, I didn't want to be uh, brutal, but it's, it's quite clear, uh, it, a lot of people are saying in UK, Oh, then there will be trade arrangements and so on. But it's not the same. Whether you are part of a single market or whether you have a, a trade agreement is very different. Uh, I was told, yes, but uh, BMW will, will, will continue to sell uh, cars in UK. Of course, BMW is also selling cars in, in China. And China is not <laughs> part of the single market. But single market is very difficult, different than this. And therefore, uh, I think... 
it, it, and I will not, the British have to decide what they have to decide. <laughs> but I am sure Europe would be weakened by a, British, uh, by a Brexit. I, don't, I doubt whether a, a weakening of the continental Europe is in the British interest. That's against British history. You have always been interested in a stable continental Europe. I am convinced, but that's your decision, to, you have to take it, that UK will also be weakened by a Brexit. What I am sure is global economy will be weakened for, for the medium term. Medium term for the, because even in the Shanghai communique we, we agreed last Saturday was one of the major downsized risk, geopolitical risk for global economy is the Brexit. Because the uncertainty uh, imagine the, the negotiation would have to, would have, which would have to take place after a Brexit decision for the years to come. All this bureaucratic uh, stuff. Uh, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> and by the way, I got it from George Osborne today. I have not been aware of this. Imagine all, your, all the trade agreements European Union has with, let's say, about 60 other nation states are all uh, trade agreements between European Union and uh, these uh, other uh, nations. UK would have to negotiate all these agreements. Uh, again, good luck. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Okay, we're going to be really quick. Two quick questions, and then we can uh, finish. Uh, can we take the uh, lady at the back with the hooped um, jumper? Uh, with her hand up. The one with her hand up? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Efi Stathaki, and I'm an LLM student. I would like to ask you if you're in favor of the creation of a finance ministry within the EU. Thank you. Okay. A finance ministry within the European Union. Uh, you may see a career. <laughs> <laughs> there may be a career progression uh, for you. Uh, and the, the last question could we take from the lady here, please? Hello, my name is Evdoxia Limperi. I'm the London correspondent for the Greek public broadcaster ERT. Well, you spoke, uh, Dr. Schäuble, you, you spoke a lot about the uh, responsibilities for the program Greece has, but let's uh, talk a little bit about. No, the no. Let's have a question, please. Yes, I'm, I'm going. I'm just phrasing the question, Kevin. Thank you. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the responsibilities the other part has, the institutions. Why has the review of the Greek program hasn't concluded yet? Who, whose fault is it? Is there a timetable for that that we can know? Okay. Thanks. Oh dear. The review has not been completed until now, as I got it in the last Eurogroup meeting, and I will get it again in the, in the next Eurogroup meeting on Monday next week, since uh, until now Greece has not uh, uh, achieved what has been agreed for this review. That is only a problem. It's not a problem of the institution. It's only a, a problem for Greece to deliver what has been agreed. But it's up to the three institutions. Uh, to, to find a solution. The financing need of, of Greece, I know the financing need uh, of Greece for the, for the months to come. I am 
I know how fragile the situation of Greece is by the additional uh, refu refugee crisis, which is a major uh, challenge and, 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 and for Greece. But once again, don't you should have an interest not to be misunderstood that you will use the migration crisis not to not to, to stick to what we agree in, in overcoming the, the Euro, Eurozone crisis because the, what have been agreed again and then, by the way, with all program countries, has never been beloved in no, in no member state which enjoyed a program. But it has always been very useful for the, for the program. That is a, an interesting story. I know it's politically not, not beloved in population. Therefore, it's, it's always... We have always to take the risk to lose, to, 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 to lose next election. By the way, even the refugee crisis uh, uh, has includes some risk for my party in Germany to, to lose next elections. Uh, in, in, in we have next uh, coming election in, in, in on, on, on some states and, and, and polls has gone tremendously down. Nevertheless, we take our responsibility. Uh, but if you want to improve competitively, for Greece it's a very specific case. It's difficult to achieve. And if you have not the instrument of external devaluation, then some European member states have been accustomed for, for decades to use this instrument. It's, it's difficult. But good luck, and I think uh, we, we, are, we are supportive as much as we can. Now the, the question for my, for my uh, future career. <laughs> A European finance minister, a European finance minister is a symbol for, I think, a, a common fiscal policy in the Eurozone, not in the EU, but I think in the EU, in the EU 28 single market, you don't need a finance minister. And, uh, and, and this deal which has been, and it's totally clear, there is no, fin there is no, no, no room for a European finance minister. The Eurozone, if we would have not only a common monetary policy, but also a common fiscal policy and a common economic policy, that would request the European finance minister with democratic legitimacy. But this requests a lot of serious treaty amendments, and that is not realistic to get it done in the, in the short time. Therefore, for the time, for the time being, a European finance minister is only uh, is not... Uh, is not part of a substantial discussion what is needed in the, in the, in the, in the, in the given situation. We have to, to implement, and that is the job of by the Lisbon Treaty, it's, it's, the obligation, it's the responsibility of the European Commission to implement uh, the rules. And of course, the, the rules of the Pact on Stability and Growth, by the way, have a lot of flexibility. No one will dis, dispute in the debate in the Eurozone is if, if the Communist is saying some of the member states have very specific situations and we have to take in regard in, in our judgment whether they stick to their obligations in the rules of the Pact and Stability. But it's up to, and, and, the, and this is the, the matter of the European Commission, it's Commissioner Moscovici, and uh, it's not such, we, we are informed and we does discuss it in the Eurogroup but the decision is taken by the Commission, and that is what have to, what have to be the way that we do it 
everyone has to stick. We, we have to solve the problem, the given problems in, 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 in the framework of the given uh, uh, primary law in Europe. We have no other. And therefore we can't say, if we would have a better primary law, we could solve the problems. No. We are condemned to solve the problems in the situation as it is, and I am convinced we will do it. It will take time. It will ne never be perfect, but uh, perfect solutions in politics have not, we have not good experience uh, in, in, in history when, uh, when people try to get perfect solutions. Let's, let's uh, stick to, to remain imperfect, but to do our very best. That is very pragmatic. That may be very British, and therefore, please stay in the European Union. <laughs> Thank you for that. On behalf of the school, can I uh, invite the German Society and Mara Benz to give a, a word of thanks. Dear Dr. Schäuble, dear ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the German Society, I would like to thank Dr. Schäuble for joining our German Symposium this year. I would also like to express our hearty thanks to the LSE European Institute for their cooperation and support. I kindly ask you to remain seated until the minister has left the venue. Our next speaker will be Gregor Gysi, and for everyone who will attend the event, you may stay inside the theater. Dr. Schäuble, thank you very much again, and we have a small English present for you today. Ah.